0: You are listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. This is Keith Salmo, and you're listening to Profiles and CRM.
1: Welcome to Profiles in CRM, episode 32. I'm your host, Chris Webster. Profiles and CRM asks CRM professionals eight simple questions. The answers vary wildly depending on their experience and education. Because of the nature of contract archaeology and how small this field really is, some people choose not to reveal their name or the company they work for. Stay to the end of the show to hear how you can have a chance to answer these same questions. All right, we're here on Profiles, and here's the first question. What is your name, and who do you work for?
0: My name's Keith Solmo. I work for Drayton Archaeology out of Bellingham, Washington.
1: Awesome. And how long have you been working in CRM?
0: Um, I've been working in CRM about 10 years now. I started out in Vermont, and I've kind of made my way around the country. I I shovel-bumped for quite a few years and went through the southeast, and gradually made my way out to the southwest and through the desert. And paused in Nevada for quite a while and stayed in the Great Basin and sort of fell in love with, uh, with Great Basin Archaeology and, and then gradually moved my way up into the Northwest.
1: Nice, nice. Well, that leads into the question after the next one, talking about what states you've worked in, but we'll get to that. Um, so what is the position you, ha- you usually have on uh, CRM Archaeology crews, and what's the highest position you've ever held?
0: Um, well, I've had all sorts of different positions. I, I've field teched quite a lot when I'm bouncing around, um, and I generally wind up crew chiefing at some point. Um, I'm much more of a field archaeologist than I am a lab archaeologist, so I do enjoy the lab work when I get the opportunity. Um, at the present moment, I'm a field director for our company here, and um, I have a small crew that goes out and does really fantastic science
1: nice nice and and just as a just as an interesting side note keith i'm pretty sure when we met you uh in utah you were our you were my crew chief (laughs) i'm pretty sure my wife and i were on your crew
0: (laughs) yeah well i think that's kind of the way it goes in archaeology if you stick it out long enough um everybody's going to be in charge of different projects and everybody has different uh specific areas of expertise and things that they're good at. And so, um, you can wind up on someone else's crew. In fact, I have a person on my crew right now, um, who's a really good friend of mine from Nevada and we met when I was on his crew down there.
1: Nice.
0: nice. Um, so switching back and forth is really, I think not a, not a level of hierarchy, but a level of, uh, you know, just giving the situation and the job.
1: Yeah, your career in archaeology is not always linear. It's uh, not point A to point B. You'll jump around a little bit. All right, so you you kind of answered this already, but uh, where have you worked? Like, what states have you worked in specifically?
0: Um, well, I started out in Vermont, and I worked there for a couple of years. Um, and when I left Vermont, I spent some time down in Georgia and Tennessee, Kentucky, um, did some Appalachian archaeology for a little while. Um, and I, I had a brief stint in Florida. Uh, and then from there I picked up and moved to Utah and spent a couple of years learning Utah archeology span and that kind of bled over into the great basin. And then I had a, an extended foray uh, staying in the great basin kind of around Nevada and a little bit of Idaho and California. Um, mostly, mostly Northern Nevada, upper Sonoran. Um, and from there, I moved up to Washington, and I've been working in Washington for about the last three years now. So, you know, it's like mentally, I would still consider myself more of a Great Basin archaeologist, but I've been trying my best to learn the the Northwestern archaeology.
1: Yeah, it's a different world up there from the Great Basin, isn't it? Oh, it's a completely different world. Yeah. And uh, it's
0: it's a lot more reminiscent of doing New England archaeology than it is any other type of Western archaeology
1: yeah I could see that I could see that all right well here are some of the uh, the fun questions so what's the best thing that's happened to you that's related to being an archaeologist and it can be personal professional or whatever
0: um you know I think a lot of it is the the breadth of travel I think that's what gets a lot of people into this initially and I know it's what got myself into it initially um, I really like to uh, be able to travel to new areas and learn all about them and then ultimately be cut loose to do my own thing and and explore on my own and and that's kind of what uh contract work really kind of gives you the the benefit of doing where a lot of other jobs that you get uh pigeonholed into you can can wind up working a job where you have no ability to leave or you know two weeks assigned a year that you can step away and that's the benefit of uh essentially of shovel bombing or what in another field would be journeyman work. Right. Uh, and, and that's kind of how I, I view shovel bumming is it, it is a journeyman kind of field. And, and it allows you to decide if this is a thing that you want to expand upon and pursue as a lifetime career goal, or um, if it's a thing that you want to be a, a phase in your life. And if it's that, then it's fantastic too. Um, I know for myself, it's, it's character-shaping, and life-shaping.
1: Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, what is the biggest thing that you would change that would make being a CRM archaeologist better?
0: Oh, I don't know. <laughs> you know, um, a lot of that can come from the top down, um, um, regulation-wise. Um, I, I see things every day that I would love to change personally. Um, our state regulations, I think, if we had better communication between the state agencies and the federal agencies and our smaller companies, Mm -hmm. um, that would, that would improve things immensely. Um, I think better communication between states would improve things immensely. Um, there are, there are certain states that you work in where you find CRM laws and regulations to be very lax and others that are very rigid and, I think there's a medium ground there where you can uh, protect your resources while not overly taxing the, the businesses that are essentially funding these, you know, regardless of whether you work for the oil industry or the natural gas industry or the public works of your local small town, um, there are ways to structure these things that that the individual does not get overly taxed. but the c r m itself uh is still upheld,
1: yeah absolutely that's a really good answer,
0: yeah, I mean, I realize that's kind of a broad answer and it's not it's not even so much of an answer as it is just an observation right um, but but it's one of those things where um until you've seen a lot of it in a lot of different places um and how different agencies uh, choose to respond to uh to dealing with their regulations and requirements, then it's a really difficult thing to comprehend, I think.
1: Right, right. Absolutely. Okay, well, what is your career goal in CRM? Like, what, what sort of trajectory do you see yourself on?
0: Um, I, You know, I think I have a couple different uh, trajectories that are going on. Um, I'm on my way in, finally, to get a master's degree after a solid decade of shovel bumming and leading <laughs> crews and uh you know writing various snippets of reports mm-hmm. um and i i'm excited to do that just to expand the the breadth of knowledge um but also to be able to work a little bit more independently um i i like being able to do independent side projects um i really enjoy working in private crm um i think that the private sector is one of those things that a lot of times gets overlooked by academia and the fact that it's the private sector that finds the vast majority of our sites um, means that we need to pay a little bit more attention to it Yeah. Uh, in, in the university realm. So I think as far as a personal goal um, I like working for the private sector. I would not be opposed to uh working for the government though I feel like our government is a little overly swamped at the moment and uh maybe isn't working as efficiently as our private sector works. So do you know what I'd like to do? I would like to I would like to bolster our private CRM in America or at least in my little corner of America up here.
1: And and that sounds like a that sounds like a fantastic goal. Um it's not too not too specific, and it leaves you open uh, to to pursue that in a, a, a number of different ways. I think.
0: Yeah, you know, and I, I feel like in a way we're we're doing that right now with the the company I work for right now with Drayton. We um, we do really good work, and we're a small scale company. Mm-hmm. Um, I really appreciate uh, small companies that can do intelligent, well thought out work, um, good research, research designs, and. And not require massive overhead right um, I think I think a lot of times it's the overhead of many larger firms that really are their downfall absolutely you you get companies that are forced to uh, temporarily hire people and then lay them off without um, any any real notice or anything and and it's a uh, it's discouraging to young archaeologists to. Um, be shown that their job is so fluttering in the wind when um, when if you work on a smaller scale and you kind of I guess trim the fat of excessive labs and uh, things that you may not be using all the time you find that you can still do really high quality work and utilize those resources when you need them not just have them on hand all the time and be paying for them all the time you know
1: All right. Well, here's the last question. Uh, If you could give an undergrad thinking about a career in CRM one piece of advice, what would it be?
0: My advice would be to travel. Um, I think the very best thing that you can do for yourself if you want to learn archaeology is maybe first realize that there's no one specific uh, type of archaeology out there. There's no one specific uh, research method that's the best. They're all situational, and until you're exposed to many different situations and different opinions, it's really hard to formulate that kind of breadth of knowledge. Uh, so I think I think meeting many different art- experienced archaeologists and natives, and also um, people running companies, the companies that you're working for that employ uh, employ your environmental consulting firms and whatnot you need to know the variety that's out there
1: show notes for this and all episodes can be found on the archaeology podcast network website at wwwarchaeologypodcastnetworkcom forward slash profiles at that page you'll also find a form that you can fill out so you can be interviewed on the show interviews take less than 30 minutes and you don't need any special equipment thanks for listening and i'll see you in the field